This is Meg Tilton at The 8 Cow Life, episode number 10, a roundtable discussion with my friends Aaron, Sharla, and Kim about friendship, motherhood, and the gospel. This is The 8 Cow Life, a place where LDS women, and really any woman, can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose. A place to help you realize how important you are and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody, on this Monday morning. I am glad to be back with all of you. I've had kind of a busy week this last week. It feels like my life has been kind of going on a speeding fast train that has been really fast, super fun, but just a lot of um, a lot going on. I spent the last half of last week out in Portland, Oregon with some girlfriends on a girl's trip that we try and do once a year. We haven't been super great at it. Sometimes we go with our husbands, sometimes we go with just the the four of us. So this time it was just the four of us and we were able to go and spend a few days up at my parents' house because they happened to be out of town out of town at the same time. And just kind of go all over Portland and eat lots of yummy food and be able to go see all the beautiful scenery. The fires that they've been having up there um, finally stopped because they were they got some rain right before we came in. So when we went up the gorge on Friday, it was just absolutely beautiful up there. And that was really nice to be able to go do that. And we were able to sit down on Saturday and be able to just talk about different things that we treasure and that we value, not only as friends, but as mothers and as sisters in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they are three women that I really admire and love deeply and am so grateful for their friendship. I mentioned in the podcast that I really have been blessed with great friends. And it is true, Heavenly Father has abundantly blessed me with amazing people in my life who continually show me a better way to live and are good examples to me in all that they do. So I'm excited to be able to share this podcast with you. And it it is my first interview of sorts, and it's with three people. So that's a little bit different. I've been busy editing it all morning long. So it's not perfect, but if we know what my um, podcast was from last week, it's not perfect, but it's done. And I'm happy to be able to share it with you. For those of you who were perhaps looking forward to hearing my friend Becky, she will be coming um, on the podcast in some episodes that will be in an episode that will be coming up. She had some conflicts come up, and so we were not able to record that when we had hoped. So be looking forward to that, and it's going to be a great interview. But I hope you will enjoy this discussion today and be able to take away some real gems of wisdom that you can apply in your own life. And most, the one thing I hope you come away with the most is that you realize we're all the same and we're all just trying to do the best that we can and that we really need one, one another in order to be able to accomplish all of the things that Heavenly Father has 
asks of us and desires for us to accomplish and do in our lives so that we can be happy and live a full and productive life. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you come away uplifted and edified. So let's get to it. Okay, everybody, I'm here with my friends who have come to the Pacific Northwest with me for a girls weekend. And I thought it would be really fun to have a little discussion with them. So we're going to get started. And we're going to start to my left, which is Erin, and she's everyone's going to introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Erin. I'm really nervous to be on the radio. Um, <laughs> it's not the radio. <laughs> oh, it's not the radio. Well, so it looks like the radio. There's this huge microphone sitting here. It's very intimidating. Anyway, um, I'm Erin, and I have four children. I'm married, live in St. Louis, um, Missouri. That's how I met Megan. We go to the same ward, and we've been friends for about nine years or so, I would say. Yep. I'm Charlotte, and I also live in St. Louis. We have four kids, and I kind of grew up out here, well, sort of all over the West, so it's fun to come back and see the pine trees and the mountains. And I'm Kim Chapman, and I'm the luckiest one in the group because I moved away from St. Louis a about five years ago. So it's always a treat for me to get to be back with these friends of mine. I've known Megan for several years. One of my favorite stories was when I very first met Megan, she said, hi, I'm Megan Tilton, like Hilton with a T. <laughs> so I keep hoping that she'll get that inheritance and I'll, she'll remember yes, the little, the, the little people. <laughs> That's fun. Okay, so today I thought I would just ask them some questions because I think they're great ladies and they are going to give you listeners all some really great insights. So I thought we'd start out with a little bit lighter of a question. So we've been in the Pacific Northwest. We've been at my parents' home just outside of Portland, Oregon, and we've done a lot of really fun things. We've gone into Portland. We've eaten till I don't think I can eat ever again. I've eaten so much. So <laughs> if you're a foodie and you want to come to a great city that has really good food, go to Portland. Come to Portland because it's we haven't hit one thing that we didn't like, right, girls? That's true. So my first question is, what was your favorite part of our trip? Anybody? Are we going in order? <laughs> Mine was the drive yesterday. The gorge was so beautiful. I have to say my favorite part is I always feel like whenever we do get a chance to get together, I never care where we end up. It's just the opportunity to be together that I look forward to the most. So the parts that I've loved the most this weekend have been the parts where we've just gotten to sit and talk and visit, even if it's just been driving in the car or sitting on the couches late at night or around the table in front of a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't have to drive everywhere that we drove. We could have just stayed here <laughs> at the house. Why do you think I made your drive? <laughs> I... I think it's all been really fun. I think it's been a fun mix of sitting and chatting, driving around and seeing things, experiencing new restaurants and some of the the culture of, of Portland. But all the ladies have been really patient with me because I was born in Portland. And so I've wanted to go down memory lane a few times and, hey guys, I think I this is where I used to live or this is where I used to do this and that. Or this is where we stayed after we got married or whatever. They've been very accommodating to me to find all those places in my from my past. It's been fun actually for me to have them along because I feel like sort of my life's come full circle. It's you know, it started here and I'm back here with people that I that I met and that people that I love and 
So I think my, my favorite was the first day when it was downpouring rain and we were trying to find my, ha- my childhood home and, and it was really, really wet and we went to the Rose Garden and we were just kind of trying to find our way around the city and just enjoying each other's company. I really liked that day. I like that too. I think my favorite part was actually finding your house. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I enjoyed that. Okay, why do you think it's important to get away and have time with your girlfriends away from your husbands and your kids? It's important to have those friendships, I think, and to nurture them. It also makes you appreciate your kids and your husband when you get back. And maybe, maybe they appreciate you. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we hope. We'll see. Right? (laughs) I think sometimes we get stuck in our routine and we start to get frustrated or we start to feel like the day-to-day just gets ho-hum and so when you kind of can get yourself out of the things that you do every day your regular routine you get a new perspective you can get new ideas that's another thing I love about these ladies I always come away with new ideas and new um, insights that I appreciate that I want to take home and I agree I, I saw some video on Facebook a while back where this person was driving down the freeway and they had a GoPro on their head or something I don't know but there was a cat on the dashboard of the car and you could just see it was asleep and it was just laying there but it was just being hurtled down the freeway at this really high speed and I feel like that is how I am in my life sometimes I'm just being propelled forward at this great rate of speed and I can't do anything about it I can't get off the train for two seconds to just get my bearings and so it's really nice for me to come just take a step back be able to kind of regroup get off the train for a minute, recharge and feel like I can go back and maybe instead of being propelled down the freeway at a high rate of speed, I'm directing where that's going slightly and I'm not being driven by my life, but I'm driving my life myself. I like that analogy. I think that's really a good way to look at it. You're in charge of your choices instead of your circumstances being in charge of you. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of, I think even just getting away in general, just vacations kind of help clear your head and get you out of like this rabbit hole that you seem to be going down in your life. It always rejuvenates me to go home and start doing things that I've kind of just been like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) You know, I'm too tired or whatever. So yeah, it's great. I also think I secretly hope that my kids will maybe see something that I do that, that they've taken for granted, that they might appreciate a little bit more and my husband too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely think what Charlotte's saying is true that I, do, I think they do appreciate you more when you're gone. They say, wow, mom does a lot. I mean, I got a text from my husband and he's like, I'm sorry I haven't texted you back. I've been doing this and this and this and this and this. And I'm like, oh, you're doing what I do. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Yeah, it's, it's not easy. Okay, what does friendship mean to each of you? It's really hard to put into words. Well, I think it, it is hard. I, I think that... Um, Friendships are really important for everybody, but I especially think for women they're important. I think we can, oftentimes we, when we're alone, we just think, I'm not doing this right, or I'm not doing that right, or I'm not. It's so nice to be able to talk to people that are going through the same things that you are, even different challenges that you are, and how they're dealing with those things. It's also important for, um, for me to remember who, that I'm a person with the, with interests and 
and I'm not just a mom or not that you're just a mom but I, I'm a multifaceted person and it's fun to be with people that see me like that not just as you're the person that gets me a drink of water or you know make sure I have food in my lunchbox or whatever I love the idea that when you have a really good friend, it doesn't matter how much time has passed, when you get back together again with them, it's like no time has passed at all. And you pick right up, back up where you, where you left off and you can be yourself, you can share your thoughts and without any fear of being judged, you can be a little more vulnerable with each other and still love each other no matter what. Yeah, I think friendship is a big thing. I like that word, vulnerable. Like, I think you have to, in order to have good friendships, I think that you have to be willing to be vulnerable in order to create that um, intimacy of friendship that is necessary to have it be a deeper, more lasting, meaningful friendship. And you can't do that with everybody. You know, you don't want to share certain things with people because they won't understand or be tolerant, maybe, or or forgiving of some things. But I think real friendships, you are allowed to voice opinions and stuff that maybe not everybody agrees with. that, And share things about yourself that are sometimes scary and you don't always want to, you know, put on Facebook. <laughs> or should you put on Facebook? <laughs> so yeah, I, I love that I love being able to get to the point in a friendship too where you can let it all hang out, kind of whatever. I mean, if and I've gotten to the point. What Erin is that, currently in her underwear. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I've gotten to the point with all of you ladies that where I can be myself, you know. And I can not look pretty, and I can have you come over, and my house is a disaster. And I know you're still going to love me for that, for whatever my circumstances are in. And it's wonderful to have friends that, that are like that, where you can feel that acceptance and, and love from them no matter what. Okay, let's move on to the next question. So what has been your greatest challenge as a mother up to this point? I'll start, actually, with that one. So I think my greatest challenge as a mother has been actually with myself, not really my children, and just learning how to be a mother to my children and being, um, being okay with who I am as a mother and not trying to compare myself to other mothers and what they do and just really developing who I am and who Heavenly Father wants me to be as a mother to my children. I think mine has been just to know how to parent each child and to try to, boy, you have to feel like you have to get inspiration on the fly. They're, they've been super easy for the most part, but you still have to, what motivates them and what, what do they need from me? And so that's, it's hard to do every day. I did not want to be a mom for a long time. Which I will add is a shocker to me. It's a shocker to my own mother <laughs> that I am a mother because she's like, wow, I never thought this would happen to you, <laughs> that you would want to have kids. But um, I did not want to be a mother, and then when I became a mother, I was taken by surprise. Okay, we're already starting crying now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go get the tissues. <laughs> I, um, I was taken aback 
in a major way by how the love that I felt for my children. And so the hardest thing that I've had to do is, I mean, from day one, I've been trying to be the best mom I can. And then I realize how, how much I fall short of my expectations for myself. So that has been the biggest struggle is realizing I am not perfect. I will never be perfect. All I need to do is just try to have that open line of communication between my Heavenly Father and me so that He can tell me what I need to do and He can make my best efforts enough. And so that's been the hardest thing for me is trying to figure that out. I shouldn't weigh in here because I can't talk without crying. There are so many things that are hard about motherhood and I think it's hard when you raise your children and you have certain ideas for them of what their future is going to be like and they make different decisions and you worry about them and knowing that not all of your decisions are necessarily the right ones. Sometimes they have to go on their own journey and relinquishing that feeling that your idea is always the right idea and realizing that they need to find their own way and you have to love them through it. That is true. I think one of the biggest challenges of motherhood is to relinquish control at some point because I have relatively younger children to most of you, so I still have a lot of control. (laughs) But as they get older, you do have to start letting them make their own decisions And I think the more that I reflect on motherhood and how I gain greater perspective on motherhood is to look at how my Heavenly Father parents each and every one of us. Because he gives us, you know, commandments and he asks us to live a certain way, but he never forces us to do those things. And he never, you know, manipulates us or threatens us or anything like that. But he gives us those things, those commandments and those what some people would consider restrictions or guidelines because he knows how to navigate and make our life the best that it can be here on earth. But above all else respects our agency. And I think that that is something that can be hard as a mother to learn to respect agency when you know that perhaps what your children are doing is incorrect or could lead to unhappiness or unnecessary trials down the road that they could have avoided. I like how you brought up Heavenly Father because I think you're completely right. When um, when we make mistakes and when we um, go down different paths than what our Heavenly Father would want for us, He loves us regardless. He's always going to love us. And so I think remembering that when we parent, that we just need to make sure that no matter what, our kids just know that we love them all the time, regardless, no matter what. End of story, period. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) All right. So let's move on to uh, the next question, which is related. So we just talked about your greatest challenge. What has been your greatest success as a mother? It kind of goes along with my greatest challenge. They're kind of related is that I have really started to realize that I 
am the mother that my children need and that they came to me specifically and no one else and that that is a good thing and that even with all of my my weaknesses are okay my shortcomings are okay and their shortcomings and weaknesses are okay and it's all going to work out and I don't need to try and be some super mom when you ask that question I for me, I feel like my greatest success is all of my little successes that have built up to hopefully help them somehow in their lives. I'm grateful for the times when I read to my kids at night before they went to bed, or I didn't yell at my kids when I really, really wanted to, or I took them out to ice cream for a, you know just a special one-on-one time. Those are little, little things throughout my time as being a mother that I'm grateful that I did, and they weren't big, but I think that they all add up. So I can't think of one big thing, but I can think of lots of little things that I'm glad I chose to do. So it's interesting, that question, because you can define success in a lot of ways, and unfortunately, I think a lot of people would define success in terms of motherhood as, oh, all my children went on missions, all my children went to good colleges, they have been married in the temple, and you can check off these boxes and say, oh, look, look at this on paper. I was a successful mother. But then I think about when I went on a mission, and a lot of people would define success as a missionary by how many people you baptize, right? How many people joined the church because I was on my mission? Well, I went to a mission where I gave my best effort every day for 18 months and did not see a lot of people join the church. So was I an unsuccessful missionary? No, I was not an unsuccessful missionary because... I define success as a missionary differently than that. I define success as a missionary as every day seeking to do the Lord's will and trying my very, very best. So in terms of success as a mother, I would still define it that way. I wouldn't say, if my children do X, Y, Z, then I am a successful mother. I would define it as, like Kim was saying, little successes on the way, little victories, little ways that you listen to the Spirit in terms of how you discipline them or... Um, uh, things that words that you found when you were talking to your son who was having a problem with something words that were given to you by the Holy Ghost and you were in the right frame of mind to hear those and relay those to your child Um, those things are successes to me and and it's really easy as a mom to say to look at the things that you've done and then looking at the things that you haven't done oh Wow, it would have been so cool to start this when I was when my kids were small and have this tradition or do this or do that. And you can beat yourself up about those things that you missed doing, but you can only start from today and say, "This is this is what I'm going to do for my children," or "This is how I'm going to show them that I love them," or "This is how I'm going to give them my best efforts today." And if and I think whatever that is, whatever best effort you can give, um, if you're trying to do the Lord's will in terms of your children, and if they know that that you love them, you're a successful mother. I think you bring up a really good point in saying that a successful, being a successful mother is only dependent on what you do and not on what your children do because I think that is true. I think a lot of times we think that our success depends on the choices and the life paths that our children take and I don't think that that's true at all actually because you could be a, a great mom and teach them and love them and do you know all the things that you felt like you should do and they can still make choices that are contrary to the things that you taught them and 
tried to instill in them and the world often will say well that's because you did something wrong as a parent and that's not true at all and you know it kind of goes back to what I have often said to you girls that if we're going to judge um parenting on how children turn out then heavenly father's a really bad parent (laughs) because all of his children you know he loves us unconditionally he um gives us blessings he teaches us he's set up things for us to know his will and to live a happy life and yet we still uh people still make mistakes and we still do things wrong but he is still the perfect parent and his parenting abilities and his parenting success has nothing to do with our choices so i think that's a good thing to remember as a mother well just the other night darren and i were talking and I was really upset about one of my children, not mad upset, just worried and anxious, and I was just couldn't sleep, and I was talking to him about it, and he said, wow, you're such a good mom. You're such a good mom. And I was like, thinking about that, why would he say I was a good mom? I wasn't doing anything but worrying and praying and loving my kid, so. Charlotte, do you have anything to add? No, I think those are all great. I think um, I'm just happy my kids like each other. That's huge. That is huge. I hope my kids like each other at some point. I think that's a huge success as a mom when you've created that feeling in your family where people just love to be home. They love to be with each other. They love to be friends with each other. That's a huge, huge thing. So I always like to think of this this next question and... um, I think it's a good one to ask people. So if you ladies could go back and tell your beginning mother self one thing, what would it be? Stop stressing about it. Have fun. Yep, that's what I would say too. <laughs> Lighten up. <laughs> Lighten up. I love, yeah, that sums it up really well. So can you like elaborate on that a little bit more? Like what does it mean to just, like what would you, if you were to see your, young mother self or even see a mother that you can say oh man I was just like her when I was starting out what would you tell them I think one of the biggest um shifts for us was we were trying to just oh my gosh family night has to be this big long thing and you have to do everything to the just perfect letter which was how I was raised and it was fabulous it doesn't have to be like that don't have any rules we have no rules in our house we don't have a curfew. We don't have, it's a way of life. We live the gospel every single day as a way of life. It's not, this is our set of rules so that we can live the gospel. And that goes along with everyday stuff in our life, I feel like. So for us, that was a big game changer. And now we just, it's just how we live our life. And it's a lot more fun and not near as stressful. Don't take yourself so seriously either. I was the perfect parent until I became one. I remember when I... (laughs) I was single and you look at other parents and you see what they're doing and you just think to yourself well that's they're doing it wrong and if I were that kid's parent I would do it this way and then you become a parent and you realize it's not so easy and um yeah you know my first child had to have a set nap time and everybody in the house had to be quiet when it was nap time and by the time the fourth came around he got his nap in the car when we were going other places if he was lucky and he he learned to adapt and he was probably 
the most chill of my four kids because my first one had to deal with my neuro- my my neuroses and so I think you just have to not take yourself so seriously. Your kids are going to turn out just fine without having a 1 p.m. nap time in silence. <laughs> that is so true. Flexible. Be flexible for sure. Yes, I like that. Oh Flexibility. Gosh. Yeah. I would also so. tell young mothers, learn to know yourself. Mm-hmm. One of the things I love about being with other mothers and other women is getting ideas from them. And when I was younger, I used to think, oh, well, so-and-so does this. So that's what I'm going to do because that's an awesome idea, or so-and-so does that, and look how great their kids turned out. But as I've grown older and more comfortable in my own skin, and I've gotten to know myself better, I know, okay, well, that, that's not gonna work for me. In my, in my schedule, in my lifestyle, it's a great idea, but that's not who I am. And so I think getting comfortable with who you are and what works for you, and not feeling like other people's ideas are the only right way of doing things. Yeah, Yeah, I think that there's as many ways to mother as there are mothers. You know, you may see an idea of somebody and be like, wow, that's an awesome idea. I really want to do that. And it works with you. Or you may say, there is no way I'm doing that. (laughs) Like, that would stress me out. I wish I would have thought that when I received my first elf on the shelf. (laughs) (laughs) I never would have gone down that road. And that is a road I never traveled. (laughs) Listeners, please. Thank you. If you have no elf on the shelf, do not go there. (laughs) Or you can be like us and throw it away. (laughs) Oh, our our elf has gotten lost. I don't know where he is. Right. There goes Freddie. That's our that's our elf on the shelf. Yes, it is very stressful. Elf on the shelf. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I brought it up. (laughs) Christmas is how many days? Yeah, I, I mean, I hand it to those women, though, that, like, go all out and Mr. Elf on the Shelf does some elaborate thing. Like, I'm like, great, if that's fulfilling some creative, awesome avenue that you just love to do with your kids and it brings you happiness and joy to do it, knock yourself Absolutely, out. absolutely. Yeah. I'm not knocking those moms. <laughs> no, I no, think that's no. so good just, for it's them. It's just not me. Exactly. And it's, it's something that we started that I shouldn't have started because it's not me and I'm not good at it. And I always forget. Yeah. And it causes right. me major stress. <laughs> yeah. So know yourself. Know what, what yeah. you like, what will work for you, and what your kids need. Yeah. So what are your passions and interests outside of motherhood? And why do you think it's important to develop those to become a better mom? I think when you're a mom, it's really easy to be overtaken by your momhood. I remember a couple years ago, I was supposed to go to girls camp. And they said, you need to bring snacks to Girl Scamp. Everyone brings snacks. So I went to the grocery store to get snacks for myself. And I walked around the grocery store for like an hour because I forgot what I liked. I could find snacks for everyone in my family except myself. I had no idea what I liked for a snack. And that was kind of a learning experience for me because I thought, I need to remember I am still a person with needs and interests and hobbies and desires and dreams and um, although you don't have as much time to devote to those when you're when you're a mom and you're taking care of your four kids and your husband and your home I think it's important to still remember who you are a little so anyway I I'm still discovering what I like to do I don't know but I've always wanted to write a book that's something I've wanted to do since I was young so that's on my bucket list I guess 
I like to exercise. I like to go running. Um, I like to, I don't know, that's about all I have time to do. <laughs> I like to do, I like to do projects, I guess. I don't know. I'm sort of boring. That's all yeah, I, no. that's all I like to do. That's all I have time for. You do a big play every year. Yes, oh yeah, do. I forgot. We do that. That's a lot of fun. And that's, that's been really fun to fulfill like a need for me, a creative outlet, I guess. Yeah, Erin does a play for kindergarten through fifth graders every year, and it's grown from a little production that she has had in her basement to now a much bigger production. How many kids were in your first performance? I think like 12. We had 12 kids, and we performed in my dining room, and the audience sat in my living room because we had no furniture, and it was very, it was so fun and super homemade, and we did this, it was so fun, we did it again. And more kids wanted to be in it, and then we had to move to a different location, a um, clubhouse close to us, a subdivision, you know, uh, clubhouse. And then we had to move to the church building, and I think last year was our ninth play, and we had 40, 40 kids in it. So it was, it's been really fun. It's been a fun mm -hmm. thing. And all your kids have been in mm -hmm. different... They've all benefited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's fun. been awesome. Yeah. Really neat thing for all of the kids. I think um, it's really important to have your interests and, and your um, things that you love to do because I think you pass those on to your kids in a lot of ways. Like the things that I love, I love nature, I love the fall colors, and my kids think I'm crazy. But when they're an adult, they'll probably love those. And they'll remember that I will swerve down a road to roll down all the windows to hear the leaves ruffle, rustle in the tires. Those will be fun memories for them. They won't just be like, oh, mom just cooked and cleaned all day long. I think there's nothing truer than the saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And so finding the things that make you happy so that you will have that peace and that uh, serenity that I think we all desire in our home. And like Erin, I think sometimes it's a process. Sometimes, um, you know, we have different seasons in our life. And sometimes when we're really caught up with our kids when they're younger, that's what, our, what fills our time. And when we get older and our kids are growing and um, we're taking them around to other places, that fills our time, you know, all of the chauffeuring. And then when you have drivers who can help out, you realize you have a little more free time. And so, um, you know, filling your time with what makes you happy. Um, I'm at a point in my life where I have a little more time. And so exercise makes me happy and um, reading makes me happy and uh, decorating my home makes me happy. And finding a good deal makes me happy. <laughs> more, probably more than the decorating. <laughs> I got a really good deal on Kim it. Kim is a penny pincher. I am a, such a penny pincher, but that makes me happy. I love mm. the, you know. I like to say thrifty. Thrifty. <laughs> That's right. Economical. <laughs> so, yeah, finding the things that fill your emotional, spiritual well so that you can have something to give to your family. Like I was saying, at different times in your life, you have to adjust. So you don't have as much time when your kids are little. So maybe um, figuring out in those brief little moments when you do have, what can you do to make you happy? Uh, get a babysitter. Go get a massage. Go make your husband give you a massage if you're trying to save money. You know, there are, there are always ways that you can make time for yourself, regardless of the season of life that you're in. And so making that a priority so that um, everybody in the home can have more peace. Because I know what it's like to not have peace in my home when I'm not happy. And 
it's not it's not pleasant. Yeah, and I like what you said that um, you know in different seasons of your life you're going to have different amounts of time to do those things because I think a lot of times we think, oh, I'm following my passion and my interest, and it has to be some grand and big production, and it doesn't. It can be like I read a book that I really liked. I you know, created some craft for my home or a gift for somebody, or, you know, I talked on the phone with a friend that is really, you know, fulfilling for me and fills my tank or, or whatever. And I think that that's really is important to remember that you are still an individual who can know who, what snacks she likes. (laughs) I know now. I know what I would get. What would you get? Chocolate covered raisins. Oh, that's right. And popcorn. <laughs> I didn't know popcorn. So everybody that knows Erin, you know how to <laughs> pick out snacks for her now. I wanted to kind of address this this question. How has being a member of the LDS Church shaped you into the person that you are today? Kim, we'll start with well, you. Well, it, it guides all of my decisions, and decisions make us who we are. So when I'm trying to follow the precepts of the gospel... I see my life going one way when I'm struggling with certain precepts of the gospel. I see my life going a certain way. When I follow the gospel, it, it shapes me. I have realized that that shapes me who I want to be. I'm much happier in my life and in my skin when I'm uh, following the Savior. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I do everything 100%. I think it means that I'm trying. And I think that's all Heavenly Father wants for us is that we're trying. Yeah, I always say to, um, I think a lot of people can get so overwhelmed with everything that's expected of us in the gospel and all of these, like you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to do this to be a good member and to be doing what's right. And I am always just like, just, just get on the road. Just like Heavenly Father... I think is not so concerned of where you are in your progression as long as you're trying to move forward. And so I think that that's a huge thing too. When you look at other people and you're like, why are they doing that? And you don't know how far they've come up to that point. And if they're still trying and still pushing to develop and you just have to just love them where they are and if they've decided to get off the road even and like go over in another area that you know is not a good one you still can love them so what do you foresee as some challenges that the women in the church are going to be facing in the future so I remember you kind of going through the questions beforehand and the first thing that came to my mind is always we're told in the church and in the gospel that we need to be in the world and not of the world And I see a lot in the world that um, tells us to focus on uh, our truth, what makes us happy, at the expense of everything else. And so I think the the things that the church will face is our um, people choosing the world more in that philosophy as opposed to choosing God's will and what he wants for us. I think President Irene maybe said in one of his, in one of his conference talks, testimony has a short shelf life. And just remembering that we have to be working on it every single day in some regard. Otherwise, if it's not growing, it's dying. My kids and I just listened to a Hank Smith um, <laughs> about 
like CD about um, growing your testimony and getting your own testimony. And he, of course, talks about in Alma 32 and faith is a seed and you plant it and it grows into a tree and you water it every day and it's this, your tree, this big tree is your testimony. And he talked about a friend of his that kind of fell away from the church and he said, what happened? And his friend said, I, I lost my testimony. And he was thinking, wait a second, how do you lose your testimony? You can't walk outside of your house and be like, what? Where is that tree? <laughs> it was right here last night, and now it's it's lost. He said, you, this is Hank Smith. He said, you, you didn't lose your testimony. You let your testimony die. And I, that's true. You have to take care of it and nurture it every day or it, it doesn't thrive. Yeah, and there's so many things in the world today that pull us away from nurturing it. Like, And they're not inherently bad things, but like I see for myself, like social media or good TV shows or fun like little things that you can get sidetracked in that are great and they're fun and I think that Heavenly Father wants us to be able to partake of those and get happiness from those and enjoy doing those things but I think that that is a, it's just like everything everything that has good there's also a bad side to it I think that you just have to be really careful that you Put your time into the most important things in your life okay so wrapping it up because we have to go catch an airplane <laughs> i think we've had great advice today and i think you ladies have said some great things and i'm so grateful for the friendship that each of you have with me and for how much you've loved and supported me and always been there for me and been such great examples to me because I think I am who I am today in large part because of our friendships. And I'm grateful for each of you and for the great examples that you are and people. So now you all that know that we all cry. <laughs> I'm a big crier actually. So but thank you for talking today on the podcast and Coming. Do you have any last parting words of wisdom for my listeners? They can be serious. Maybe not serious. Let's do not serious parting words of wisdom. Anything? Be a good friend. If you want to have a good friend, be a good friend. That's my parting words of wisdom. We all we need you in some way, and the world needs you and, and the talents that you have. Yeah, everybody is needed. Dark chocolate raisinets are just as good as milk chocolate. <laughs> nothing also. is good. Ra- nothing makes raisins taste good. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Them's fight words. <laughs> you can disagree and still be friends. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. Charlotte, anything? Mm. I, you know what? I keep thinking about our first race together. Yeah. We, so Megan's led us on a lot of great things. <laughs> she was our, our running coach. I was. Back That's in the fun. day. That Back was a long time ago. Day. I guess we'll end it there. Yay. <laughs> we survived. We survived. <laughs> As you can tell, my friends were quite relieved to be done with recording the podcast. I think that they anticipated it being much different than it was. And I hope that they can go back and listen to it and see that it was just us friends sitting around talking and being able to share those um, parts of us that are so important to share with one another. So I hope you all enjoyed it as well. I hope you got little gems of wisdom 
that you can take with you. Like don't have Elf on the shelf. If you don't want to, it's okay. And that raisinets either are or are not a viable snack in your life. I hope you all have a great week and I will be back next week with another podcast that I hope will be uplifting and helpful to you in your everyday life. So have a great week. Bye-bye.